0: So 1 Peter 2, starting at verse 11. Dear friends, I urge you as foreigners and exiles to abstain from sinful desires which wage war against your soul. Live such good lives among the pagans that though they accuse you of doing wrong, they may see your good deeds and glorify God on the day he visits us. Submit yourselves for the Lord's sake to every human authority, this is commendable commendable before God. To this you were called, because Christ suffered for you, leaving you an example that you should follow in his steps. He committed no sin, and no deceit was found in his mouth. When they hurled insults at him, he did not retaliate. When he suffered, he made no threats. Instead, he entrusted himself to him who judges justly. He himself bore our sins in his body on the cross, so that we might die to sins and live for righteousness. By his wounds you have been healed, for you were like sheep going astray, but now you have returned to the shepherd and overseer of your souls. This is the word of the Lord.
1: Well, good morning, everyone. Great to see you all. Many of you will, uh, will know that from 2010 through to 2019, uh, I was employed by the Australian Bureau of Statistics. It was my very first experience of working in the public service and it was also my first experience of unions. Now, don't get me wrong, I understand the importance of trade unions, to protect and improve the conditions of workers. But during my time at the ABS, I also saw another side to this. You see, even though I never joined myself, I experienced a lot of union updates, activities and conversations and propaganda. And what I discovered is that among many diehard unionists, there was a very negative attitude toward the boss. Now, I should explain that the boss included many people in many levels of authority, right from our immediate supervisors all the way up to the Prime Minister. But as far as I could see, there was a basic presumption that the boss had it in for us, that the boss was constantly trying to mistreat us, to take advantage of us and to make our lives miserable there seemed to be very little interest in understanding the reasons for the boss's rules and decisions. Very little interest in putting ourselves in their shoes. And in fact, I got the distinct impression that many viewed the boss as the enemy. And maybe you too have experienced this way of thinking in your working life. But there's a sense in which this is right in line with the culture that we're living in. For I don't think it's unreasonable to say that in many ways we live in a country that resents authority. We live in a country where many disrespect, disparage and even despise our governments and our politicians. We live in a country where the police are more likely seen as an adversary than as an ally. Where teachers are not often afforded the honour and appreciation they deserve from their students and where doctors and nurses are so poorly esteemed that we need to put signs in our hospitals to say that abuse and violence will not be tolerated. We live in a country where the parking inspector and the building inspector and the tax inspector are held in low regard, a country where respect for parents and for older generations is in serious decline. But why am I talking about this today? Well, the reason is because this general resentment for authority actually provides us as Christians with an opportunity to stand out as different to our culture. And it's that very matter that Peter is speaking about here in our passage today. You might remember that last week, Reuben looked at verses 11 and 12 where we were urged to live such good lives among the pagans that though they accuse you of doing wrong, they may see your good deeds and glorify God on the day he visits us. These verses call us to live gracious, virtuous, attractive lives in this world in order to be a witness for God so that people will seek him and be saved. But now, in our text for today, Peter takes this concept of living good lives and he applies it more specifically. He applies it to the area of submitting to authority. And so in verse 13, he begins there with a general principle declaring, submit yourselves for the Lord's sake to every Human authority. Now, to be honest, when I first read that, I thought it was a bit obscure. I thought, why doesn't Peter go on and speak about how we can live good lives by being more devoted to God and His church? Or by getting rid of moral failures like murder and adultery? Or by caring for the poor and the sick and the needy? I thought, isn't this a relatively minor part of our lives? But then I thought about it more and I realised that it actually isn't. You see, there's so many aspects of life where there's an element of human authority. We have it in the family. We have it at school and at higher education. We have it in the workplace. But there's more, isn't there? As soon as you get in your car, you're under the authority of the police and the road rules and the motor registry and even the traffic control at roadworks. When you go to a shop or a restaurant or a caravan park or a concert, you're under the authority of the owners and managers and staff. And we're all under the authority of of government departments like the tax office and social security, fisheries and national parks, customs and the electoral commission and so on. And so the reality is that all of us are involved in a whole array of authority situations. And that means that we are faced with a whole array of decisions. Every day we decide, will we submit to these authorities or will we not? And God reminds us here in this passage that we most certainly should. Submit yourselves to every human authority. And what does that mean? Well, of course, it means abiding by the rules and requirements of those authorities But it also means a lot more. It means accepting and respecting and appreciating the authorities that are over us. And so we should ask ourselves, are we in fact doing what the Lord through Peter has called on us to do? Do we actually submit to every human authority? I'm sure that all of us submit to some, or maybe even many. But I invite you to consider this morning, are there yet areas of your life where you don't? You know, I'm often surprised at how Christians can often think that these things don't matter so much. Sometimes it's because they think being saved by grace means that human rules are of little consequence. Sometimes it's because they think that being under God's authority somehow excludes us from obeying human authority. Sometimes it's because they think we're not actually called to be any different in this world. And so if everyone else does it, then so should we, especially if we don't think that we'll be caught. I'm surprised at how often Christians feel they're above the rules and don't need to respect those placed in authority over us. And I'm surprised at how often I feel exactly the same way but Peter tells us otherwise. In fact, in verses 16 and 17, he says, "'Live as free people, that is, free from sin and condemnation, "'but do not use your freedom as a cover-up for evil. "'Live as God's slaves. "'Show proper respect to everyone. "'Love the family of believers. "'Fear God. Honor the emperor.'" So ask yourself, am I genuinely seeking to submit to every human authority? Or are there areas where I know full well that I'm intentionally doing the opposite? But let's also ask ourselves, are we submitting to those authorities for the right reasons? For sometimes we do the right thing simply because that's our tradition, the way we've been brought up. Or because we're afraid of the consequences, we don't want to get in trouble. Well, because it makes us look and feel good, more righteous than others. But Peter says, do it for the Lord's sake. In other words, as Christians, God calls us to obey human authorities because by doing so, we show the world that we are different. We are showing that God has changed us for the better and we want to make the world a better place, showing respect to all It shows that God has called us to a beautiful life above reproach that is a witness to those around us. But now, Peter also gives us a couple of specific examples, and the first is the government. He says, "...submit yourselves to every human authority, whether to the emperor as the supreme authority, or to governors who are sent by him to punish those who do wrong and to commend those who do right. For it is God's will that by doing good you should silence the ignorant talk of foolish people." So first, Peter makes reference to both the emperor and to governors. In other words, to all levels of civil authority. In our society, we equate that to our three levels of government, federal, state and local. And Peter also makes reference to their purpose, to punish wrongdoers and to commend rightdoers. Their task is a good one, to make laws and enforce them, penalising those who break the law, advantaging those who keep it. This means that as Christians, we're called to submit to our government no matter who our government might be. It doesn't matter if we like them or not. It doesn't matter if we voted for them or not. It doesn't matter if we agree with their policies or not. It doesn't even matter if they uphold Christian values or not. We are called to submit to our government. You are called to submit to our government. And generally, we don't have too much difficulty with that, do we? We live in a country where we generally agree with our governments and even when they make decisions we don't agree with, we're rarely affected directly. But yet there are times when we are severely tested and a good example is the last few years during COVID. During this time, our government at all levels has implemented a variety of laws and regulations designed to manage the spread of this virus And in a way unparalleled in recent history, these decisions have affected us and in fact inconvenienced us in very direct ways. But of course the problem is that the necessity, benefit and legitimacy of these measures have all been questioned. And so every single one of us have been in one way or another tempted to disrespect or disobey the rules our government has enacted. And one reason I know this is from the pushback we've received as leadership of this church. Why aren't we meeting this week? Why are we having two morning services? Why do we have to sanitise our hands? Why do we have to use the check-in app? Why can't we have coffee in the cafe? Why do we have to wear a mask? By the way, but the answer has always been the same. Because the Lord himself calls on us to submit to our government. It doesn't submit, say submit only if you agree, or only if it makes sense, or only if it's not an inconvenience. In Romans chapter 13, Paul writes this, Let everyone be subject to the governing authorities, for there is no authority except that which God has established. Consequently, whoever rebels against the authority is rebelling against what God has instituted, And those who do so will bring judgment on themselves. My friends, don't forget either what Peter adds in verse 15. He says that by doing good, we silence the ignorant talk of foolish people. You see, Christianity is and always has been under the scrutiny of the world around us. And the world loves to accuse us of doing wrong, of being dangerous, of being evil. And that's exactly what we see growing in our society right now. But the point is that if we unnecessarily and intentionally rebel against the authorities, well then we're only adding fuel to that fire and we get what we deserve. But God's will is that we do good, even when it's hard, even when it's inconvenient, even when it makes no sense. For by doing so, we silence the ignorant talk of foolish people. But Peter also gives a second example of submission to authority in verse 18. He's spoken of government, but now he adds, Slaves, in reverent fear to God, submit yourselves to your masters. Now this may sound controversial, and I'm not going to go into it in too much detail, And one reason is because we've had other sermons on this topic in recent times. But let me simply say, first of all, that despite the fact that Peter mentions slavery, that doesn't mean that he condones slavery. He's simply referencing a reality in the society of his his day. And secondly, the slavery referred to here is very different to the modern slavery that we think of when we hear this term. In New Testament times, slavery was a lot more like employment as we understand it today. And so the real application is that as employees, in reverent fear of God, we should submit ourselves to our employers. As workers, we are called to do what the boss says. But more than that, we're called to accept, respect, and appreciate the authority they have over us. And so that means working hard, and doing our best, being honest and courteous, and in every way doing what is right and good in our daily tasks. And it means not thinking the worst of the boss, despising them, and treating them like the enemy. And so for those of us here who are employees, we should also consider our attitude at work, and our attitude toward those in authority over us at work. What message are we projecting? Are we being good witnesses for the Lord? So we've seen how Peter calls on us as Christians to live good lives, submitting to every human authority, such as the government and the boss, and to do so for the sake of the Lord. And to this point, it seemed pretty manageable, For in general, the authorities we deal with are fair, just and reasonable. But now the question comes, what happens when they're not? You see, we need to remember that Peter and the Christians he was writing to, they weren't living in a nice, peaceful democracy. No, they were living under the Roman Emperor Nero, under severe persecution. And it was common in that day for Christians to be disadvantaged mistreated, penalised, tortured and killed. You see the emperor and governors who Peter speaks of were not nice men but they were haters and murderers of Christians and the ignorant talk of foolish people that Peter mentions was not just designed to embarrass but it was designed to bring harm And listen to verses 18 to 20. Peter says, Slaves, submit to your masters, not only to those who are good and considerate, but also to those who are harsh. For it is commendable if someone bears up under the pain of unjust suffering because they are conscious of God. But how is it to your credit if you receive a beating for doing wrong and endure it? But if you suffer for doing good, And you endure it. This is commendable before God. Peter's saying that we are called to submit not only when it's easy, but also when it's difficult. He's saying we're called to submit not only when we're treated the same as everyone else, but also when we are singled out as Christians to be treated badly. And so, for example, if you have a teacher or a boss who knows that you're a Christian, and as a result, they go out of their way to abuse or disadvantage you, treating you different to others, well, then God still calls on you to submit to their authority. And the reality is that these things are increasing. As Reuben mentioned last week, we as Christians are increasingly being viewed as the bad guys increasingly being condemned for holding to biblical truth and increasingly being persecuted as a result. I'm sure for many of us here, especially as we live in Tasmania and especially if you're not involved in circles where the, where the woke agenda is being aggressively promoted, well then you may well may not think that this is real. But my friends, trust me, it is and the writing is on the wall. Right at this very moment, the Tasmanian Law Reform Institute is proposing new conversion therapy, sorry, conversion suppression legislation in this state. And this recommendation says that it should be made a criminal offence for any person to help someone who is struggling with their sexuality or their gender if that help intends to change or influence their desires. In other words, it would be a criminal offence for a pastor or a doctor or a teacher or a parent or any Christian to speak biblical truth on these matters, no matter how lovingly that was done. If you want to know more, then please see Reuben's notes in this week's newsletter. But the point is, my friends, our society is changing and we can no longer presume that authorities are sympathetic to the views and the rights of Christians. The point is that we are slowly but surely returning to the situation of Peter's day. But yet Peter calls on us to submit to every human authority, no matter how hard that may become. For he says it is commendable, If someone bears up under the pain of unjust suffering because they are conscious of their God. My friends, remember that the darker this world becomes, the brighter our light will shine. And remember that God did not save us for the sake of our own comfort and pleasure and benefit. That lies ahead in eternity. No, God has saved us for the sake of His gospel and the sake of his kingdom. And there are times when we will suffer in order to bear witness for him and to bring glory to his name. But before we finish, there's a couple of clarifications that I need to make. First of all, what I've said this morning does not mean that we should never stand up against the injustices we suffer. If we are treated unfairly at work for being a Christian then we can use the appropriate channels to take action. If we're disadvantaged in our education, then we have every right to complain. And if a government considers legislation that goes against God's will, then we have every right to lobby against it. But the point is that we should always do so with grace and respect in a way that does not dishonour our Lord. But the other clarification is that there are also times when we must disobey human authority. And that is when it, goes, it directly contradicts the authority of God. And so, for example, in the book of Daniel, we find there the king enacting laws, forcing people to worship false gods and to not worship the Lord. But yet Daniel and others... They refuse to obey and God commends them for it. And in the book of Acts, in the book of Acts, we find the authorities commanding the apostles, including Peter himself, to stop preaching the gospel. But do you remember what they said? They said, which is right in God's eyes, to listen to you or to listen to God? And later on in the next chapter, they said, we must obey God rather than human beings. And so, my friends, if the authority is forcing us to do something which God forbids, or if it is preventing us from doing something which God commands, then, of course, we will be faithful to the Lord. And as a result, we may well suffer and even face criminal persecution in days to come. But even then, we will act with grace and respect so as not to dishonour our God. But, my friends, as we come to the, the conclusion of this message, you may well be wondering how, how can anyone ever live up to this passage? I mean, it's one thing to submit to the authority when those authorities are just and fair, <coughs> but what about when they're not? <coughs> what about when they're unjust and unfair and they're seeking to do us harm? How could anyone ever endure suffering like that? We'll listen to the final verses of our text. Peter says, to this you were called, because Christ suffered for you, leaving you an example that you should follow in his steps. He committed no sin, and no deceit was found in his mouth. for you were like sheep going astray, but now you have returned to the shepherd and overseer of your souls. My friends, we need to remember our Lord Jesus Christ. Even though he is the very son of God, even though he had done no wrong, he submitted to human authority and he paid the ultimate price as he was beaten, mocked, And executed on the cross but yet the Lord used that great injustice for the sake of your salvation and mine but now we are called to follow his example to walk in his footsteps for when we submit to human authority we will stand out as different in our culture and when we suffer as a result then the contrast will become so much greater But yet the Lord has promised that he will also use our injustice for the sake of salvation for people will see our good deeds and they will glorify God on the day he visits us. By our lives of beautiful, humble and respectful submission, people will be attracted to Jesus and they will put their faith in him. And that is our calling in this world so my friends let's ask god to strengthen us as we seek to follow the example of christ as we submit to every human authority even when we suffer as a result and let us ask god to use us to impact this world to be to be witnesses drawing people to christ that they too may repent Believe and be saved until that day when all of God's elect have come in and Jesus will return and we all will spend eternity with him in glory. Let's pray. Father in heaven, please help us to submit ourselves to human authorities, to our parents, our teachers, our bosses, to the government and its agencies, to every form of authority that we encounter. Father God, we know our own rebellious hearts and our tendency to despise authority of every kind. Lord, help us to change so that we might stand out and so that we might do good and so that we might glorify you. And Lord, we we pray, please help us all the more as we encounter authorities that want to disadvantage us and that want to harm us and that want to persecute us. Father, we know that this is increasing in this country, just as it is prevalent in so many other parts of this world. And Father, we we notice it more and more. Lord, help us to know when to obey earthly authorities and when to disobey because they are contradicting you. But Lord, help us also to follow the example of Jesus, submitting even when it brings about our own suffering. And Father, we pray, please use us and our suffering as a clear witness and testimony for Jesus and as a clear witness and testimony for his gospel. And Lord, we pray that you would keep us strong, that you would protect us, that you would care for us until the last day. Father, we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.